Hey everyone, and welcome back to Cedar and Cypress podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Allison. We are back for another one, you guys, for another spicy topic. We're here. (laughs) (laughs) We made it to recording this week. Allison and I have had a little bit of a rough time getting here. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm the one who like postponed a couple times, I think. It's just been a busy week. It's been a A busy couple weeks. Yeah. It's been an interesting week. We have a six-day work week this week. And at our it's the job. first week of our summer semester. Yes. New classes. New classes. We're also both in like some of the hardest classes of our degrees right now. Yeah. So pray for us, please. Yeah. <laughs> Help. <laughs> do you want to um, share? <laughs> do you want to share anything about your language classes that people can pray for? Oh my. So I did it to myself, guys. So I really can't be like upset about it, right? You know, like it just wouldn't make any sense for me to be because I chose this path. But it's definitely one of those times where I wonder why <laughs> I chose this path. <laughs> um, no, but I'm I'm excited about the classes that I'm in right now, but they're also going to be very challenging. Um, I think Allison and I talked about this this past week, just that sometimes you're in classes that are super easy and you can kind of just like floof your way through them um, and get good grades because you just need to sound academic and you're fine. Um, And then you have classes that you know you're going to need the material in your future endeavors. And so you're like, okay, this is good, but they're also like can be super challenging and um, yeah. So that's kind of what we're both in right now. So yes, pray for us if you think yeah. about it. Um, but before we get into anything today, <laughs> anything too crazy, I'm already like, we're literally talking about mental health today and I'm like, we're not already. doing well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we do get into that, um, we are going to be talking about mental health and the church today, something I'm super passionate about. I have a bachelor's in psychology. Um, this is something that Allison was also super excited about and interested in in undergrad she has a bachelor's in criminal justice actually which is super awesome um but yes so we are going to talk about that today but before we do allison what was the best part of your week yeah so a little later in the episode we're going to talk about how fun little joys in life can really help with improving mental health and even though it was a really hard and overwhelming and busy week and still is One of the fun things I've gotten to do this week are try out some new recipes. And I've never, never really been much of a cook. Like my husband Mm. normally makes dinners for us and that's kind of his thing. But I recently just wanted to kind of take that on a little bit more and try to do more recipes. And we're also, we're on a fitness journey. We're on a clean eating journey. (laughs) We're trying to nourish our bodies with food. So the other night I made a salmon bowl and today I actually made these like breaded fish cakes with tuna that are really good and made like a Greek yogurt dip with them. And so that was really nice. Really what I'm looking for are things that take minimal prep time, but have maximum nutrition. So I've actually been really enjoying that. And then on the, on the way of food too, I've gotten really back into my French press coffee because I was using an espresso mm. and I still use an espresso and love it, but I just kind of rediscovered French press and I just love French press coffee. So the yes. little joys in life, the best parts of the week are food for me this week. 
I get that. Honestly, I got groceries today for the first time <laughs> in like three weeks. Like it was so bad. And it was like so exciting. <laughs> you know, was, your week was hard when the highlight is buying your groceries online, but, by the way. Yes, I order them. I'm I literally just have an Amazon subscription. This is a life <laughs> hack, people who are busy out there. If you are a busy person, if you're a busy gal and you need things delivered to you, you need like you need an, a personal assistant, but you don't have the funds for it. This is for you. You can if you have Amazon Prime, you can order groceries which are pretty much priced like about the same as they are in store. I've tested this on a couple of different products. I like paid attention the last time I was in a grocery store to like look at different prices. And it's about the same price as you would find at like Walmart, for instance. So not super expensive. Um, You can have the groceries just delivered to you for free. Like you're, you tip the person. Yeah. Like you tip the person, obviously, like that's what you should do. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you don't pay anything for the actual delivery. You just pay for the food and then you tip the person. It's so nice. It saves so much time. But yeah, so after I got my Amazon delivery and I was unpacking my food, I was very excited about it. It's just nice when you finally have food after just scrounging meals together for like a week. Yeah. Like you just don't want to grocery shop yet. Yeah, exactly. Like quesadillas (laughs) for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Excuse me, dinner. <laughs> um, nothing wrong with quesadillas, but they get old. But anyways, so we are going to jump in today's into today's topic. By the way, all that grocery stuff, we'll just say that was the best part of my week <laughs> as well. I'm still waiting for some good things to happen this weekend. I'm sure they will. So um, <laughs> um, so jumping into today, to today's topic, we're going to be talking about mental health and, and the church, like I said before. Um So we know that mental health is something that can be thrown around. It's such a throw around phrase nowadays. Um, We kind of hear all the time people talking about having anxiety or feeling depressed. And um, while, you know, those are valid feelings, feeling anxious or feeling sad, um, there are actually true, you know, mental disorders that have to do with that as well. Um, so as Christians living in a broken world that's plagued by mental health issues and afflicted by disorders, um, we need to resist the band-aid solutions like, you know, going for a jog or exercising, journaling your feelings, doing some yoga, drink some lemon water specifically, (laughs) just lemon water. Um, this, (laughs) so this episode kind of traces disorder back to its roots. So we're going to discuss, you know, how disorders kind of come about true mental disorders that are genuinely like physical diseases. You know, they're kind of um, in the same realm as those um, in their seriousness. You know, they are very serious uh, disabilities, serious issues, um, and they really do weigh down on you um, when you experience them. They really do affect your life. So we're kind of going to go back to the roots there. Um, We're going to discuss the church's handling of mental health concerns, some of the things that, um, you know, we've done well in the church, some of the things we haven't done so well with. Um, And we're also going to just kind of offer some future recommendations because not that those, you know, kind of Band-Aid solutions aren't good things to practice in life. Like those are all good, healthy habits to have. But 
we just don't want to simplify disorders down to something that can be so easily solved as doing some yoga, drinking some lemon water. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but first we kind of just wanted to define the topic. Um, so Allison is going to kind of jump into that now and just give us a little definition for mental health. Yes. I looked for several different definitions and I just, I just didn't really like the ones I found. I didn't feel like they were comprehensive. So we kind of came up with a working definition just for the purpose of this episode, or even if we reference mental health in our future episodes, this is really what we're referring to. So we would define mental health as the relative stability and quality of managing thoughts and emotions and processing life events, and especially traumatic ones. So it can also be referred to as the manner in which we process, discard, or accept disordered patterns of thinking, which also can lead to disordered behaviors. Mm -hmm. Even more specifically, going into another layer, it can be the presence and affliction of disordered thoughts and emotions, which can be included but not limited to anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress disorder. Those are just some really common ones that... Um, afflict many people. There are a lot more, but that's just a helpful way to have some examples and have a definition that we can use as a soundboard to move forward into more of the details. And like you even mentioned how mental health can really have an impact on our physical health. Even last, last episode, we talked about grief. We talked about how our emotions and our thoughts really manifest physically. So mm -hmm. these disordered thought patterns can also reflect in a parallel way in our physical, tangible lives. So these can be reflected in eating disorders and self-harm, um, on emotional side, constantly and consistently pursuing relationships that are mutually destructive, it can manifest in abuse or hurting others or of self. So those are some ways that the physical outward appearance can really reflect what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. And we also kind of wanted to trace disorder back to its roots because we really do believe that knowledge is power. When we can understand the purpose and the reason why something exists, it's so much more helpful than just telling someone to drink lemon water because you want to go back to the root of something and why it's really there and what's really going on. And so in right. the world, we kind of have this definition of disorder that just kind of feels like unhappiness or discomfort. But really we see that in Genesis one, the world and the world is called, is called chaos before God creates. It's called wild and waste, but God creates and he implements order. So if God is order, then we know the opposite of him is disorder. And there's a lot of other ways that we can kind of understand disorder as opposition to God. So disorders can be purposeless. They can lead us down dark roads. They can they can waste mental and physical and emotional energy, but that's unlike God who has a plan for everything, who creates things for a reason, who has purpose in every single thing he does, allows, or says. And then on another similar vein, disorders are, can be, and are really destructive, unlike God, who is a force of creation, who creates and implements order. So that's just kind of a working definition that we have in a way to be thinking about what mental health is before we move onward, because we just think it's really important to have that definition and 
not necessarily just the phrase mental health, which can encompass when someone says that it can encompass like anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think something that popped into my head too, is that like disorders can be destructive in a way that, um, is purposeless. Cause I think, um, we do see throughout scripture, like God, giving and God taking away. Like there are some times where God may seem destructive. Um, Like for instance, causing the flood to come on the earth and destroying the whole earth or the fact that he will destroy the the earth with fire at some point. However, these are all uh, destructive actions with purpose behind them. Like they have some reason, God has a reason why he's doing those things. He has a purpose um, to bring about newness out of those things to uh, create once again after destruction. Whereas a lot of times disorders, um, you know, whether they're mental or physical in this world tend to be purposeless. You know, they're just kind of a result of sin, a result of uh, the fall in this world. Um, And not necessarily to say that like mental disorders or physical disorders are our fault. That's not necessarily what we're saying at all. We're just saying that this is kind of the result of living in a fallen world. Yeah. And in fact, the message that mental disorders or afflictions are your fault has been a really damaging message for Mm -hmm. a long time. And I think that we as a culture are really starting to shift in the opposite direction. I think for good, we're starting to talk about mental health more openly, more freely. I think it's had a lot more integration in the workplace and it's just, it's been able to be something that has light shed on it instead of making people feel shamed for what they're experiencing mentally. So I think we're moving in a good, in a good direction on that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, I think that both Allison and I can speak from personal experience when it comes to um, mental health in general. Um, I know for me, I'm someone who has struggled with um, just in my past, I do have a history of abuse. So then because of that, I do also have um, some disorders that I struggled with or struggle with that I've actually been diagnosed with by um, a psychiatrist. So it's like, um, and those are things that God has given me huge grace on in being able to, um, you know, work through and be able to um, function through and um, take medication for and like all those things, which are things that we're also going to talk about in this episode. Just the graces that God has truly given us, the common grace that He's given us in this world to truly deal with those things. And then also the gift of His Holy Spirit um, so that He's with us and His grace is truly sufficient in all those things. Um, so I think we can say, like, when it comes to these things, we personally have experienced them. And so we're not speaking from a place of an outsider. We're speaking from a place of people who have truly gone through this ourselves. Yeah. And not from a place of condemnation at all either. And I'll just share really transparently as well that I have struggled with depression and with suicide. And it's the grace that God gives to sustain. I cannot stress enough. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't be here without that. And God's grace is, he showed it in so many ways, namely through my family and through my parents, especially, but we are going to get into some of the tools or even just relationships, things that God puts in our life that help us heal, or even just help us cope. If that is the road that you're going to be on for your, you know, potentially for your life, depending on what you may be struggling with. So we are going to talk a little bit more about just the things that God puts in our lives to, to help us cope and to help us heal. Yeah, for sure. 
But next, before we get into that, we did want to kind of give a biblical overview of mental health because you're not going to see the words mental health in the Bible. Like you're not, it's not like a textbook or something like that, where you could just, you know, do a search and find, you're not going to find something like that, but you will see in the Bible. So, so many instances and examples of where issues with mental health are certainly present. That's just not, you know, what they were called by at that time. Um, And so even, you know, like our physical health, like we've been talking about, we can kind of be out of shape mentally, like we might be out of shape with handling unwanted, unwelcome thoughts about ourselves or about others, God or the world. And so we kind of have to start shaping our knowledge around that first. And that kind of starts with knowing where disorder comes from. We see the first sign of disordered quote, thinking in Adam and Eve's desire to be God and to be able to shape their own destiny in Genesis 3 in the fall, because we see that they were deceived. First, Eve was deceived by Satan, and then Adam joined her in that. And so Mm -hmm. when we think of disorder as something that's characterized by opposition to God, that's where it really comes into It really comes full circle there because the disorder is kind of in that situation was them wanting to be God, was them wanting to be in opposition to God and to place themselves above. So when you're kind of asking yourself the question, like, did people in the Bible or in ancient times really face the mental health issues and the spiritual warfare that I might be going through? The answer is a resounding absolute yes. Like disordered Mm -hmm. thoughts, patterns, and manifestations in that behavior have been around since the fall and will continue to be present until Jesus returns. So just that's even just an encouragement that you're not alone and it's it's not how God intended, but it's not something new that you're not the first human to experience what you're going through right now. And right. even in, James reminds us even that our trials, even the mental ones are ones that we are meant to rejoice over and to see as opportunities to rely on God for. Yeah, for sure. I think something that I know I've experienced time and again Um is that trusting God sounds easy until you actually have to do it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like when you are actually put into a position where you have no other choice, but to trust God, which is what we should do in the first place. But sometimes it just really comes down to that. That's when we realize like how genuinely difficult that is. Um, But I think in those moments, it's actually where we, we grow and we realize how truly trustworthy our God is. Um, and that is something to rejoice over, you know, reliance on him. Um, even if it feels like, oh, I have no other choice. I have to rely, um, is actually a good thing. Like it actually allows us to truly submit to him, to truly rely on him and to trust and see his provision in our lives. Um, just time and again, because he always will provide for us. And that's something to truly be rejoicing over. Yeah. One thing I was reminded of as you were talking about how God sustains us and provides for us is an example in Jonah, where Jonah truly just did not care about what God had asked him to do. He ran away from it. And as he's in the belly of the fish, he prays to God. And he's, this is in, this is from chapter two. And he says, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God. 
When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple. So it's just kind of a reminder that when we are the lowest we could ever be, I mean, truly the lowest in the belly of a fish, but still alive, that's probably the lowest you could get. Pretty bad, yeah. Just the fact that God's sustaining you even then, I think is a very, very helpful example to think back on. When we're talking about mental health, when we're talking about being in a dark place, whether it's physically or mentally, and just that reminder that God provides for us in very tangible ways. And also the fact that there, there are so, so many examples of people that struggled with, with issues of mental health or even wanting to die. Like in, in first Kings chapter 19, where the prophet Elijah's on the run from Jezebel, he, um, the Bible says that Elijah asked God that he might die. He said, it is enough now. Oh Lord, take away my life. Like he just said, God, I just don't want to live anymore. Like this is too hard. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's so many more examples, but those are just some ones that kind of come to my mind when I think about the fact that nothing we experience is necessarily unique. Like this, this imperfection, this brokenness of the world has been around for such, for such a long, long time. And it's a reminder too, that we can cry out to God with those, those emotions. We don't have to hold those back because clearly Jonah and Elijah didn't do that. They, they cried out to God and were honest about how they were feeling. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, David too, like in the Psalms of lament, like just the, the constant kind of up and down of uh, praising the Lord, but then just being really low um, and, you know, crying out to him. And there are a lot of uh, things that David prays that just truly show like how, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how down he was, I guess, like how truly devastated he was. Um, just in multiple situations. And a lot of those, he had good reason. You know, he was being chased by Saul who wanted to kill him and um, several different situations. But just overall, you know, he really did usually at the end of every one of those Psalms come back to the Lord and praise him. Mm -hmm. Um, Even through, you know, those times where he was not doing so well. Yeah. And Jesus encourages us to try to as much as possible like take our eyes off of the circumstances we're experiencing or mm-hmm. what's afflicting us because he does talk about there's there's multiple errors in matthew so in matthew 6 jesus says do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble where he's asserting his own power and he's asserting his ability to sustain and provide and then later in matthew 11 where jesus encourages he says come to me all who labor and are heavy laden i will give you rest so he's consistently encouraging that Like, I know you can't carry the weight of the world on your own. This is why it feels impossible because you weren't meant to. I never planned for it to be that way. Like, this is not how I created the world. Um, But because of sin, which introduced death and disorder, I need, like, you need to rely on me. That's the only way that you're going to get through. And also trust me for tomorrow, like to take your eyes off yourself and what's going on in your life and to focus on me. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple other verses as well. There's some in Philippians and first Peter that we'll make sure to include, but we don't necessarily have time to read through all of them right now. But just, just the fact that there's so many different places in the Bible that remind us to, to really focus our eyes on him and off of what's going on in our own yeah. hearts and minds, because it re it just completely reorients you truly. 
Yeah, I think like something to remember in those things is that God is for you in those circumstances. Um, He's not against you in those times where you feel uh, maybe abandoned or alone or forgotten. Um, You know, God is for you. Um, Like the verse that you mentioned in first Peter says, casting all your anxieties Mm -hmm. on him because he cares for you, you know, not because um, it doesn't name any other reason. It literally just says, because he cares for you. Um, And there are many other reasons, but that's the most prominent one mentioned. So Um, So now we kind of just wanted to go into a little bit of the church's history with mental health specifically. Um, So we kind of just wanted to give some examples of how the church has maybe helped or harmed Mm -hmm. um, in, you know, situations of mental health or mental disorders, um, because we don't want to discount the fact that the church has, um, you know, certain churches anyways, I guess, like, I won't say as a whole in this specific context, but like certain churches have done a really good job of helping their members and pointing them to the Lord, but also helping them practically. Um, whereas other ones really haven't, you know, they haven't done a good job of knowing what to do with those situations, but trying to intervene anyways. Um, so oftentimes we see the church provide a solely spiritual solution to aid in mental health issues. And again, this is not always the case. I don't want to generalize for every church. Um, but I know that this is, uh, kind of the, the stigma given to the church, And what we do see a lot of times is that they do try to provide only a spiritual solution to aid in mental health issues. So while our ailments in this life can certainly be related to the spiritual realm, um, and a lot of times they have something to do with it, you know, living in a fallen, broken world, um, they are also physical, mental, and emotional as well. They're not just spiritual things. They can be also practically approached. Um, so we've seen the church fail to recognize the complexity of mental health issues a lot of times, um, and then they attempt to treat them with the same level of simplicity as they understand them. Um, I know I've personally seen that happen quite a few times where you kind of just get the consistent, just pray it away type of thing or have more faith. You get <laughs> both of those answers very often in a lot of churches, Um Or you have someone pray for you and they'll tell you that your ailment is now gone. But it's it's not. not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just things like that. And not that God can't heal. Of course he can. God has the power to heal anyone. He has the power to take away any ailment that we experience physically, mentally, or spiritually. Um, But that is what we see in churches a lot of times. (laughs) It's kind of just prayed away. Um, Some examples that I've seen, I remember at – the school that I went to in undergrad, um, there was a situation one time where I was at a service and the person who was speaking basically said that anyone who was on medication for any kind of mental disability or disorder should stop taking them. Oh, that's <laughs> and, not good. Yeah. And basically told everyone to come up to the front because they were going to be healed wow. of their disorder. And just things like that where it's like, First of all, you are not a doctor. <laughs> like, <laughs> never tell people to go off of medication that yeah. they're on, ever, unless you are a doctor. Um, if you can't prescribe it, you can't prescribe it to go away either. So, um, yeah, so just like things like that, where it's like, okay, just stop taking this medication, stop relying on science at all, because we're just going to pray for you and it's all going to go away. Um, I've seen that. I've also seen situations where someone said that if you are depressed or if you are anxious, 
Um, the root of that is selfishness. So if you look at other people and try to help other people more then it'll go away. Mm. Um, and like, we're just going to pray for that to happen. We're going to pray for you to be able to focus on other people. And like, I understand where the person was coming from because there is a truth to the fact that we can become so inwardly focused that we tend to consistently dwell on, you know, intrusive thoughts or depressive thoughts or anxious thoughts. Um, and you know, it kind of makes it worse. So maybe like focusing more outwardly may help or help you cope with those things or help take your mind off of yourself and place it on someone else. However, if you truly have like a biological mental disorder or one that was caused by some type of extreme trauma in your past, et cetera, it's not going to just go away (laughs) by you trying not to think about yourself because I think 90% of the time we're trying not to think about it anyways. Um, So just things like that that I've seen. Um, But Allison and I were talking a little bit about this before we um, started recording. And she was actually saying that she had, you know, some good examples. So I do kind of want to represent that side of things as well, because I know some churches do actually a really good job of handling this as well. So um, did you want to give your examples on that? Yeah. So I I mentioned a little earlier in the episode that I have struggled in the past with depression and suicidal ideation. And that was in high school and genuinely the darkest, darkest time of my life. I struggled with that for a while. And then just to kind of like summarize everything, like condense the the really long story of that. Uh, I ended up telling my mom about the fact that I like, I just wanted to die. And I was really seriously thinking about, I want to commit suicide. Like I'm super depressed. Mm. all these different things. And she was like, you know what? Like, we're going to pray. And that was the first thing, but that wasn't the only thing. And that's Mm -hmm. what I think we tend to get wrong. We tend to oversimplify things and also forget that God is also the author of science and that we are given common grace tools like medicine and like psychologists. So my mom prayed for me first But then she took me to a psychologist who actually worked like she was a member of our church and she was she actually used like an office in the church for her Mm -hmm. like counseling practice. And that was a really, really positive experience for me. And I know not everybody has a great, great um, experience with counseling and with psychologists, but mine was personally great because what she really helped me do is realign my disordered thoughts back into reality. And that's one of the biggest things I would say that is an issue with mental health is that when you're operating in a disorder, your mind is not in reality. You are living in your function of reality, whether it's um, like for me, it was really, really low self-esteem, like really low thoughts of myself. And honestly, it, it was selfish. Like my the thought was always on myself. Like I didn't do anything for other people in that period of my life. Like all I ever had capacity for was to focus on myself. So I actually didn't need to go on medication for that. It was something that was a conversation. Like if that was something that would need to happen, she would kind of look into it. Um, But I don't think she was a psychiatrist. So I would have needed a referral, but all that to say that that was a really, really positive example where a member of my church who also happened to be a psychologist really, really helped me through counseling. And so that was a really positive experience for me. And even I will say a lot of times the representation of the church I've seen is sometimes just my parents. Like they, they show me who Jesus is all the time. So mm-hmm. that was my positive 
healing and helpful experience, but I know that's not one that everyone has the the privilege of having. So we want to represent both sides of that for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think the the main point is that it's always a case by case basis and it's not one dimensional. Like mental health is never one dimensional at all. It's always based on the person, based on their background, based on their biology, based on so many different things. Um, You know, kind of like what you were saying, like in your situation, just having someone who could truly help you think through those um, you know, suicidal, depressive, intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. and realign them with reality was like what you needed to get back on the right track. Um, and you know, that's awesome that so many people's experience. And then some people have an experience where like they try that and it's like, it's helping, but it's not helping enough that they can right. still like function like, and then they take medication and that does help along with that. And, you know, so it's like, it really depends on the person. It depends on the situation, depends on what they're dealing with, what they've grown up with. Um, so yeah, all this to say, certainly not one dimensional. There are internal and external factors that contribute to our mental health. Um, like we even see in scripture in Proverbs 4.23, um, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the wellsprings of life. So um, you know, guarding our heart is so important when it comes to these things and um, truly understanding them to the best of our ability um, so that we can kind of move forward in them both spiritually and physically. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk just a little bit briefly about the complexity of mental health. Um, I will say, I want to preface, I am no expert <laughs> on this. Um, when, especially in this field, specifically, um, when you have gone to school for this, it's like, if you get a bachelor's in psychology, it's like preschool, like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, you, you know, like a little bit, yeah. um, just because most people who actually excel in this field get their doctorates, like they go all the way. So, or they know, have to, <laughs> yes, they have to, which is good because True. it's such a complex issue. However, um, just prefacing, I am no expert in this field, but um, I do know a little bit. So um, I did want to kind of talk first just about like the nature versus nurture debate, because I think a lot of people have talked about this a lot. Um, It's both. It's never one or the other. (laughs) It's always both. Um, Everybody, you know, obviously is born with a human body. So we have many similarities in the way that our bodies function. Um, however, there are also a lot of things that can alter the way that your brain chemistry works and that can come from how you are nurtured, you know, how you interact with your environment, how you understand your environment. Um, there's so much complexity there that is like just the tiny, tiny basis (laughs) of everything, but all in all, it is both, you know, nature versus nurture that kind of alters how you see the world and how, um, you know, you intake information, et cetera. So, um, basically the best way to think of it that I was always taught in school is what we call, it's actually just called the biopsychosocial approach, but at my school, because it it was a Christian school, we added spiritual because (laughs) it is an aspect. It is true. I will say a lot of psychologists are also, um, naturalists, which means, you know, they don't believe in God. (laughs) They don't believe in, 
um, anything spiritual. So it is kind of important to do integration when you study psychology from a Christian's perspective. Um, so we kind of added the spiritual. So we added basically biopsychosocial spiritual. And basically what that means is that um, how you approach the world, how you see the world and everything that you deal with, whether that comes um, from trauma, from life circumstances, socioeconomic status, brain chemistry, hormones, spiritual warfare, et cetera, all of those things impact your mental health. So your biology impacts it, which is the bio, your psychology impacts it, which is the psycho, obviously, um, your social environment impacts it and your spiritual life impacts, um, your mental health as well. So all of those things kind of come together to bring like one whole, um, mental health basically, (laughs) Um, that's which your is brain. a lot. Yeah, that's your brain <laughs> in a very, very small nutshell. Um, but yeah, so it is so much more complex than just like just the spiritual or just the physical. It's um, you know, a lot more than that. So um did you have any thoughts on that, Allison, just before we kind of move on with that? Yeah, I'm really glad you talked over that because I think that's <clears throat> when we're being critical of how the church has handled mental health in the past, that's what we're really trying to pinpoint. We're not trying to pinpoint any maliciousness or intentionality with failing to handle mental health. And I'm sure there have been people that have been malicious and they do want to see other people not do well, which is extremely sad. But what we're really trying to pinpoint is the lack of knowledge and the lack of conversation that's been surrounding mental health for so long. Because when you like what we just explained or what Liv just explained is like scratching the surface of the field of psychology and the way that we process our thoughts and our emotions and the behaviors that then flow from that. But even the Bible even explains like how we interact with our world comes completely from those wellsprings of our hearts. And so the inter- the things that we internalize and the external factors or the media we consume and things like that are all part of that. And so mm-hmm. when we talk about hey, we want the church to do better. And these are kind of the recommendations that we have. Having seen other people walk through mental health, had mental health issues ourselves, that's why we're really trying to say that we need an approach that is more holistic. We're we're desperate for it. The church really needs it. Yeah, more holistic um, and not as generalized, I feel like. Not so oversimplified. Right, like treating the person as a whole and then at the same time being more like case by case basis rather than like everyone will be healed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. that kind of thing. So Yeah, and not I just want to add one more thing, not to downplay the spiritual warfare that we do experience because that is very no, yeah, real. Like we're not here saying like only science, like we're here saying both and because we know God created science and that God is still the ruler over both our spiritual and physical realms. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's take everything we hear and advice we get with a grain of salt and try to keep in mind all these different, these like million different things that are going on in our brains and our hearts and our minds that contribute to our mental health. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I wanted Um, to add. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's important to point out like God is sovereign in all things. Um, so he has the power to heal us of any ailment in this life. Um, just, we just need to remember basically like, that's not always the case. Like we're not always going to be healed from something. Um, and sometimes we will, but sometimes we won't. 
Um, so we shouldn't attempt to, you know, simply pray away certain things like not that we can't pray about them. Of course, like God tells us to cast our cares upon him and to, um, not to be anxious and to pray and bring our request to him with Thanksgiving. Um, he tells us to do those things and to come to him with those issues. Um, but I think it's just the mindset that we're kind of attacking here of just like praying away issues and not addressing them holistically, like, like we said. Um, Cause we do see, you know, in scripture times where there is an ailment that someone is experiencing and it's not taken away, you know, and there's always a reason for that. There's always um, a purpose in that it's not purposeless. Um, you know, we've said before in previous episodes that God is not purposeless. God is not a God, um, you know, who doesn't have purpose behind literally everything that he does. Um, but yeah, like for instance, we see in second Corinthians 12, seven through 10, um, this is about Paul. Um, so I'm just going to read it. It says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh. This is Paul speaking a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, So in this specific circumstance, um, we're not exactly sure exactly like what the thorn was. Um, there's a lot of different theories on that, <laughs> but um, it's just mentioned in scripture, at, scripture as the thorn. So the thorn was not taken away. Um, and Paul kind of sees the purpose in it, but um, ultimately he chooses to rely on Christ and in his sufficient grace. So with that being said, um, you know, there are obviously things in this life that allow us to cope with these things that allow us to, um, you know, be aided in our journeys of, uh, being healed or of just coping throughout this life, you know, with different ailments. Um, for example, the gift of modern medicine, um, or of counseling, you know, of therapy, those are both, um, you know, common graces to us that God gives us, um, you know, that are not necessarily spiritual aspects, um, but they are things that God has allowed us to have as common graces. So with that said, medicine and therapy are not things to be ashamed of. Um, in fact, in many cases, the decision to begin therapy or medication at the recommendation of a doctor, of course, <laughs> who has your best interest at heart, um, can be the most helpful option. Um, you know, this is not always the case, but I've seen this happen time and again, where this truly, truly helps someone. It's something that I've experienced personally, um, that I tried to avoid for many, many years because I wanted to avoid the problem altogether. And I just felt kind of ashamed. Like if I did this and I would finally be admitting that I had an actual problem, that it wasn't just something I could deal with on my own. But when I finally did that, it actually helped me so much. And it allowed my quality of life to go up so much. Um, just kind of allowed me to focus on other things rather than the thoughts in my own brain constantly <laughs> and, um, you know, focus on other people too. just made life a lot easier. Um, so with that said, this shouldn't be belittled or a reason to feel shame uh, for needing therapy or for needing medication or for using these things as ways to cope with a mental uh, disorder. Um, 
So the support for Christian counseling should be promoted within the church body rather than shamed or looked down upon. Um, Allison, like what you were saying about the fact that they had a psychologist in the church doing counseling practice, I think that is absolutely incredible. Like having Christian counselors or psychologists in your actual church, people who are licensed, but also believe in the God of the Bible and are Christians and can point you back to Jesus, but also help you in a practical way because they've been trained, you know, to help with those things specifically. Um, you know, that's why you have to go to school for many years to do those things because they are so complicated. So, um, with that said, mental illness, like any other disease or illness should be met with support and encouragement. Um, one area of scripture that I think just kind of really shows us a good example of how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to support other believers in the body of Christ is Romans 12, um, specifically in verses 9 through 21. It kind of talks about the life of a Christian and like how Christians should live. Um, so I won't read the whole thing right now just because it is kind of a longer passage. <laughs> um, but if you ever, you know, want something to read on this topic, that's actually a really good verse or a really good chapter to read. It's almost like all of Romans is an amazing book that everyone should read. Almost like that. It's crazy. Yeah. But I did want to add something onto what you, I think you made such an amazing point when you're talking about those like tools that God has given us, because this is one thing I think the world tends to get wrong. They look at those tools, like the savior, like the healer, like Mm -hmm. therapy. I think one of the reasons why I think therapy can actually be so negative and can actually just like there's, we're kind of seeing a fallout from that with people not wanting to do therapy and stuff is because it's presented like the thing. Like if you do therapy, like you will be better. You will be healed or like your life mm-hmm. gets easier. And sometimes the affliction like doesn't go away or the circumstance you're experiencing is going to persist. So right. first of all, it just logically falls apart to say that same, the same thing with medicine as well. Because if we look at medicine, like the savior, that's also even that's even a disordered pattern of thinking because that can lead to substance abuse or even fear of your medication. Like there's all types of issues that come along with when we position the tools instead of the person that gave us the tools, which is God. So we see those common grace tools sometimes like as a healer, but instead God allowed us to have them and gifted them to us so that they could point back to him. So it could Mm -hmm. lead us back to him because even I can't speak for myself personally, but I do um, know someone that was on medication and that helped that helped him face the day so he could get through the things that he needs to work through. They didn't right. solve his emotional issues for him or his past for him, but they helped him face it and mm-hmm. be more mentally stable in order to do so. So when we talk about those really awesome tools. I just want to position them rightly because I think the world tends to make them an end all be all. And that's where like we see failure when you set up a a created thing in place of the creator, it's just, it's just going to fail you. So we don't want to set up anyone for failure in that way either. Just wanted to add that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think someone even told me too, like when I was thinking about um, kind of going down that road of counseling or medication, et cetera, um, well, they were like, well, when I think about medication, cause they were on it on medication okay. personally. And they were like, um, and it was for anxiety. And I remember that they told me the thing about it is that when I didn't take it, it was like, I was wearing headphones and 
the music was so loud that I couldn't focus on anything else. All I could hear was the music and my mind literally couldn't be anywhere else. Like it just had to be there in my head, listening to the music. And that's all I could hear. But when I started taking medication, it's not like the music went away. It's just that it turned the volume down so that I could focus on other things and I could still deal with the distraction of the music, but in a way that was a lot more logical because I could still think about other things. And I was like, I feel like that perfectly describes it. Cause it's like, it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't take it away. And I know everyone's experience is different. So I'm not speaking for everybody. Um, but it, it just aids in you being able to face those things. Um, which, you know, again, is not like the savior of the problem. It's just like an aid in that, that God has allowed us to have. I love illustrations like that. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm helpful. like a visual learner. So having like a picture or, or like something tangible like that to envision really helps me conceptualize things that are so abstract, like mental health. So I, I really like that illustration, but really, as we wrap up here, we want to kind of return to the bigger picture. As I was just mentioning, acknowledging our creator, acknowledging the one who knows us, that we should recognize his role in our life, God's role in our lives, even in the midst of our suffering, even in the midst of our mental affliction. And also as Christians, that we know this isn't this isn't all there is. Like we don't live without hope, even if we mm-hmm. don't cope without hope. If that's what we have to do day to day, we don't do it without hope. That his ultimate plan is to give us new bodies, restore everything, create new heavens and earth, reconcile everything to himself. And you know what? Our our minds are part of that too. It's not like that excludes the things that we're experiencing mentally and emotionally. So again, like we don't live, heal, cope do anything without hope as Christians that we know that he's ultimately in control and that he doesn't have a plan to sleep just to leave us here and leave us like this like he is Mm -hmm. on a mission right now actively um, and working on doing that right now so we can trust him but kind of as we look at the smaller and the day-to-day picture just the things that we have to experience on a daily basis like really, really important questions to be asking ourselves. Like, how do you recognize when your mental health is declining? Like what things tend to trigger responses or reactions from you mentally that are unwanted or intrusive? Like, can you pinpoint activities, relationships, media you consume, or any other outside influences that harm your mental health? Because like Liv mentioned that Proverbs verse, we have to be keeping things that come in. We have to keep those in check. Because whatever we consume is going to have a really strong impact on our hearts and our minds. And also, what steps can you practically take today to steward our mental, steward your mental welfare? And th- that includes doing things like exercise, like cooking yourself a nice meal, like having a good coffee. Like we don't want to exclude those things from those little joys in life from being re- a part of improving your mental health. So that's where that comes back in. And it's still important to be taking care of yourself physically and doing those other things that just bring you joy. Mm-hmm. And also kind of lastly, not allowing any person or any influence or any message to tell you or convince you that mental health is too complex to discuss or that it's outside of God's control or that you should feel shame for what you're wrestling with. I think that's the big big takeaway, those small practical steps on a daily basis, 
those are even rhetorical questions for me, the ones I just asked you guys to be keeping those things in mind. Because like you said, live nothing is a one size fit all answer. I can't give you like a step one, step two, step three practical things to do every single day to make your mental health better because those answers are ultimately up to you and the experience that you have and the life you have. But those are really just guiding points from where to go from here. Is there anything you wanted to add on to that? Yeah, I think it's it's basically just important to understand just like anything else, like those things that help improve our quality of life are not like the answer. They're not the cure to those things. Um, but they can certainly help us like enjoy life. I think um, that's something that I don't know why this like sounds so what's the word I'm looking for? Like basic to say this, but like something my therapist told me. Oh yeah. Um, it's just like I feel like everyone, everyone has a therapist notice. But um something that she told me was basically like, we just want to help improve your quality of life. Like um, which, you know, not that that's like what everything is about, but when you're like truly struggling with something, you're truly weighed down by something, um, you know, getting to a better place is improving your quality of life, you know, yeah. to the point where you can enjoy things, you can enjoy your life, um, in one way or another. And just doing those little things, doing things that are life-giving to you, whether that be like being outside or reading a good book or watching a like fun movie or trying a new recipe, like things like that. While those are not cures, they're not necessarily things that will like fix the problem. They can help improve your quality of life, like help bring moments of joy into it, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. As we shared earlier at the beginning of the episode, those might end up being the highlight of your week. Yeah. <laughs> You're having a bad week. Um, but just to wrap up here, I want to leave you guys with some encouragement for when your minds feel out of control. Just a reminder again, God renews our minds as Christians. He renews our minds through his Holy spirit and with using and providing us those gifts of common grace. We already talked about Mm -hmm. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul is talking about here that when you become a follower of Christ, your mind is completely changed. Your desires are changed. What we what God wants is what becomes what we want at the same time. And he frees us from those chains of sin. And, and that can partly be including the damaged mental health that we may face. And like Liv mentioned earlier, it it might be for a season of your life, but it, it might be your whole life. God may be calling you to walk down roads that are marked by suffering. And you might not know where the end, the end might not be in sight. And Jesus certainly led a life that was ultimately marked with suffering. The hallmarks of his life were loneliness, being misunderstood, betrayed, and then ultimately killed. And so just a reminder that Jesus is there with you and that to run to him for refuge, because there's nothing that you've experienced that Jesus isn't familiar with or is not acquainted with. I just want to finally leave you guys with this verse, Ephesians 6, 2. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness at high places. We ultimately know that these things that we wrestle against that ultimately can bind us, God has complete power and control over. He mm-hmm. rules the spiritual realm. He rules the physical realm, our emotional lives. 
every single part of it, he's the ruler of. There's not one thing that he doesn't have power over. So just to encourage you and close with that, that God is on a mission. He's on a mission to restore everything, including your mind. Well, I think with that, we're going to wrap up. We had a lot to say. It's probably going to be one of our longer episodes, I'm guessing. But I can tell. Yeah, I'm like pre-editing Liv is saying. <laughs> oh, no. It's probably going to be longer. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this topic. We hope you were able to take something away from this and ultimately be pointed back to Christ. I'm trying to think, what were we doing next time? I was going to like give Ooh. it for next episode. Okay. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Hold on. I'll pull it up. <gasps> Faith deconstruction. Okay. <laughs> next time. Go ahead. Sorry. So next time we're actually going to be talking about um, deconstruction. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Um, I feel like I said that weird. Deconstruction. It's getting late here. But <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be talking about faith and deconstructing what that means in today's culture, um, how that could be known to be a good thing in some contexts and bad thing in some context. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk all about it. So definitely join us next week. Um, Listen to our previous episodes if you haven't already. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.